Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. So welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we're with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors. I am the licensed assistant and you are my agent. That is correct. And you are also my husband too. There we go. And we are here in Wisconsin Rapids with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors. Um, there are a lot of Coldwell Banker offices and all of us can help you find your way home. That's right. Because we do guide you home. Just like the North Star. It's kind of cool because that's the new logo. And, and was... it's on the back of our camper too. So we're going to talk about the camper later. Okay. Because we have like a really cool guest here and in the studio. So, so spring is sprung. Oh, yes. It spring is springtime. And it's always my favorite time of the year. Yes, because you get to plant stuff. Right. We call it fingernail polish season. So if you don't know what fingernail polish season it is, that means going out in the garden, working in the garden and realizing that you got to go to work and there's just that little bit of dirt you can't get off from underneath your fingernails and you just go grab the hot pink and you paint your nails two minutes before you walk out the door because you want to have the clean, clean fingers. So to help us along with planting stuff, today in front of the microphones, we have Kelly and Kathy from the Hosta Stop. So where is the Hosta Stop? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for having us. Um, We are located in Plover, Wisconsin. Um, Hosta Stop Gardens has been there for about eight years. Uh, We started just selling hostas, and as we've grown, um, we are doing perennials, annuals, and more. Excellent. So we can get tomato plants from you guys. Eventually, yes. (laughs) They're just growing right now. (laughs) It is still a little early. Right, but getting them now and holding them in the garage is okay thing to do because you really want to start that planting around Memorial Weekend. Okay. Okay, that's when I usually do it. And then you just say a little prayer. Exactly. they don't freeze off. Prayer is always good. Yes, (laughs) just pray for the gardens. And it's Wisconsin, so you just never know. Exactly. So Hasta Stop is located off of 54. Yes, it's right off of 54 as you're, uh, if you're leaving Rapids, going towards Plover, it's on the right-hand side. We have a bunch of flags out there uh, letting everyone know that we have uh, flowers and hostas and uh, are open. Um, We're open seven days a week, uh, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday 8 to 6, and Sunday 9 to 4. And you've got a pretty cool Facebook page, too. Well, thank you. (laughs) So if we're really looking for that location, if we're coming from Rapids, it's going to be right before that cute little S curve by the railroad track. So as soon as you see the sign that says slow down ahead, (laughs) slow down, stop and make a hard right and head into the hosta shop. Correct. You can't see the buildings from the road. So that's why we have the flags out there for everyone to kind of flag them in. All right. Now we think of a traditional you know, like garden center where you've got a whole bunch of variety of, of everything, of plants and flowers and vegetables and, and whatnot. And like you said, you started out with just hostas? Yes, we started with hostas. Uh, my husband, Mike, and I um, were hosta collectors. And uh, we first started on Father's Day. I got him a couple of hostas. One was called Pineapple Upside Down, uh, Blue Mouse Ears, and Elvis Lives. And these hosta names just were so cute. And I'm like, oh, we just have to get these. And I said, we'll collect them all. Then we found out that there's over 7,500 variety of hostas. So do we have all 700 varieties of hostas? No, it's 7,500. Okay, so do we have 7,000 <laughs> varieties of hostas at your house? We do not. How are, how are we doing on that list? We're probably about 2,000 varieties. Um, there's quite a few out there. So it uh, it's a good thing because it gives us something to do and keep collecting. Um, and there's always a new hosta each year. Hybridizers create new hostas all the time. And so each each year there it grows. The list grows. So one thing I'm sure everyone's gonna be asking now that you know that they they've been, you know, 
formulated in a in a lab. You know, I'm just going to go with that theory right now. But did you build? Did you did they have they made the hosta that a deer or a rabbit will not eat? Unfortunately, not yet. Okay, are they working on like a super hosta that deer and rabbit will not eat? Um, to my knowledge, no. All right, um, but I think a lot of people are working on. Um, sprays and things that you can put on your plants to keep them from. <laughs> well, and that was going to be one of my questions yes. is, you know, as far as animals, I mean. Oh, and there's so many wives tales about it too. Right. So we had hostas. We always knew when the rabbits were around because that was the first thing that they ate was the hostas. Okay. And we know yeah. that deer love them too. So what is out there that we can put on the hostas to make them deer rabbit repellent? Well, there are so many. Um, honestly, there's everything from the deer fence to the homemade remedies. Um, there's special oils. Um, we do a malorganite that you sprinkle in the soil. Um, it's very easy to, you know, put on your garden areas. And some of them you have to reapply often if it rains. Um, and it just depends on the area that you live. A lot of people live in a subdivision um, and they may have gardens that the deer tend to go to more than your hostas. So you might actually um, have some more finicky deer that really don't want to eat the hostas. They prefer the carrots and the vegetation. Right. We're going to try to get Kathy to talk here pretty soon. All right. So Kathy, what are, what is your thoughts on, on the whole entire anti-rabbit deer? Well, um, I would just like to say that there are also some uh, plants that you can put in your, in your garden area that have help. Uh, an odor to them Okay, that the deer do not want to be around. All right. So what are some of those plants? Do uh, you remember some of them? Yeah. Marigolds are one of them. Okay. There's lavender. Lavender. Garlic. Oh, I can see getting that. that. Okay, lavender yeah. garlic. Okay, I can still cook with that. So mm -hmm. I'm still Those working. things that you can right. still use. Mm -hmm. um, and then Mama's being a little shy today, so we're going to keep trying to get Kathy to talk because we're passing notes between us. We're not sure on that one, so we won't, we won't put it out there. Okay. But they do, uh, they, they do tend to stay away from an odor uh, that they don't like, so... It, I know in the past success. we've done like an ivory soap. Yes. Mm -hmm. That that has, you know, I've heard that works or what I've, the best thing that some people tell me is find the cheapest soap, bar soap out there that like really smells bad that you really don't want to use and use that in outside. Right. There, yeah. And there really are many different, um, you know, choices to go from and, Sometimes you have to, it'll work for a while and you might have to mix it up a little bit and, you know, change it up so that it kind of gets the deer to notice it, that they get used to it. You right. Know? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, as far as, you know, varieties of different hostas, um, we have all shapes and sizes. So if you have um, a retaining wall area or a, a woodland line that you want to fill we have giant hostas that range from three to four feet tall um to maybe a smaller area like a rock garden or um little patio that you're you don't have a large yard to for the, the ones that, that get that three to four feet tall do they require like any special fencing so i've got to have you know plant them and now i've got to build like a fence no. or, or a brace for them so that way they don't they're fall all, over they're all self-supportive um, a lot of these giant plants are, you know, get four to feet, four to five feet wide. So they're very large and, um, uh, they fill a space nicely for you. Um, they grow in a nice clump so that they're not, um, you know, it's not like a one that stem, runs, right. right. That's gonna, you know, be, I was like calling the them wind. the bachelor plants. <laughs> where they you plant them and they stay there and they don't really travel very fast. I mean, it'll probably take three, four years mm -hmm. for them to get large enough where you need to split them up. So I always like those plants because then you really don't have to do anything with them. You Correct. plant them once, they stay there, they're happy, you're happy, low maintenance. A lot of hostas, they're very hardy for the Wisconsin area. Hostas and daylilies are some of the hardiest uh, Wisconsin perennials. And um, even and if the deer eat them back, you still get one 
to you know, have them come back next year. So right. It's really well, a even nice... still, they you know the deer eat them or your kid steps on them. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's they'll still grow. The basketball you know <laughs> hits them or something like that. You know they do come back. So it's not like a oh man, correct. They will still kind of reproduce itself. They'll just grow. They'll just keep growing. Yeah, which is really great. Mm-hmm. That like I said, they're very hardy. So I remember being at the hotel meet and out on the terrace area, we had these huge monster hostas. They were like prehistoric hostas. The yes. leaves were like bigger than my head. Yes. And it's, it's just amazing how many different sizes and where they grow. And if you, you know, nurture them, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes. Um, so where are some common places that people like to put these perennials? Uh, do you, you said wood lines. Well, and yeah, and hostas, there are some uh, sun-loving hostas. So there are hostas that you can put in the full sun. A lot of people are looking, you know, for something to put in an area that maybe they had a tree come down and now they're not sure, but they still like the hosta. Um, there's some giant hostas that are uh, some in substance. Is a giant three-foot by four, five-foot wide hosta that will fill in a nice sunny area. And it goes on down to, you know, guacamole, has a beautiful scented flower. Um, we also have, let's see, uh, August Moon is another full sun. So there's a lot of uh, houses that like full sun, but a lot of them like uh, shade and dapple shade. Uh, hostas really do like sun, like a morning sun or late afternoon. Mm-hmm. You're okay with those because they have, They'll soak up that sun and they'll grow just, you know, much better for you. Um, but then there's some that are in the full shade um, that are nice, heavy and uh, heavier leaf blues. So you can pretty much put a hosta anywhere and uh, we can help you choose the right area for that. So you had mentioned a flower. So I'm used to ha- the, the hosta with the normal purple flower. So does hostas, do their flowers, are they different colors depending upon the variety? There are. Uh, there, it ranges from white to the deep purple. So those are the, that's your main spectrum. Okay. Um, there are some that are really large, you know, cascading, trumpeting. And then there are some that are really small, some that come up and are just at the top. And then there are some that travel all the way up. So it just depends on the variety that you choose from. Okay. So I know that, you know, with planting flowers, you always want to have something blooming per per month. So we want to have our early bloomers, like around that Memorial Day weekend, two weeks later, when that starts to die off, you want to have another color in bloom. So that way, as the season goes on throughout until fall, you want to be able to have some sort of Something color going all the time. Right. So is exactly. hostas kind of the same thing or is it once they're, they're done, they're done? Uh, most of the hostas will start to bloom in the midsummer to the fall. Um, so that's their final show. Basically, you know, you're looking at some of the varieties that have some beautiful white splash uh, centers or outside edging, um, the rippled edge pie crust, uh, there's just so many textures and and colors that you can actually um, view in the actual leaf itself. And then the flowers um, are the kind of like the end fireworks. Um, a lot of people choose to cut their flowers off if they, you know, prefer um, a clean cut look without the stems. And then there are a lot of people who leave them. Um, we do keep ours on for the butterflies and nothing hummingbirds that attracts Mm -hmm. many hummingbirds too. So it's all a personal preference that way. Um, As far as, you know, planting, uh, like you said, with the colors and the season, we have different uh, companion plants that go with hostas. The corabels are a good companion Mm -hmm. plant, a still bee. And then you can also splash in some, Daylilies, you know, for your areas of Do you guys sun. carry the mountain smoke? I might not have the oh, words right. Oh, that's a, that, like a shrub? The mm. mountain smoke shrub? No. It's just a, a little short tree or a really short plant. And then the flowers like smoke. I believe it's mountain mountain smoke I or something like I that. I don't believe I have that one. <laughs> but 
I'll have to look into that one. I know where it is in my parents' yard, and I believe it's the Mountain Smoke. But then okay. again, I've renamed just about everything in their yard, too. <laughs> so we're still trying to find... Sometimes <laughs> sometimes we can find that... Yeah. If I had I a have, picture of it, I, I would be like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, describe it. It looks like this, and so... Sometimes we can do, uh, if somebody brings in a picture of their hosta, if they aren't sure what it was, we can help them to find, you know, the name of it. Um, We have a lot of reference books and, you know, even our eye just from over the years of collecting hostas can help people identify them. Okay. So that's also, you know. You had mentioned bringing in pictures. So we're new homeowners to, to our home. Eventually we need, do need to do some sort of outdoor landscaping, stuff like that. If I brought in a map of the property and said, here's my house, this is what we have, what do you got? What can, can you fill in? Absolutely. Or, how, do. does that, how does that all work if, if I bring you a floor plan of my yard? So you bring your floor plan in um, and what we'll do is go through um, the measurements and what you have and maybe the color of your house is white and you want to do um, some darker colors to really bring a contrast. Or maybe it's a darker house and you want to have some lighter limes and yellows. So we kind of go with uh, the space that you have, maybe what you're looking for in color. Maybe you really don't like this color in particular. And then we'll actually lay it out for you. Um, We have in our selling area, we'll grab the plants and move them over and set them up and let you see what they look like. And then we'll even write down each plant of what we're placing and where we're placing it so that when you go home with them, you are lost with it. Some You guys are not coming home with us to dig the yard <laughs> and to put the plants in. That's unfortunately no. I okay. <laughs> but um we'll definitely help get you the plants to go there. <laughs> do you come out to the people's homes and kind of walk the yard with them a little bit? Or um, do you try to stay away stay away from that of just, you know, take take some pictures, bring them in. Take pictures. We do a lot of um uh, people who bring in their pictures and show us the side of the house that they're planning on uh, redoing or adding to. Um, and like I said, a lot of people will come with a diagram and we'll just help them lay it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So roughly how many years should I go before I break up my hosta? Well, if you're going with a first year plant, you want to give it at least two years. Okay. Usually that's, you know, a single eye or two and you want to let it get established where it is. Um, and then after, you know, three to five years, if you would like to split it, you can, you know, break it down. Uh, you can kind of tell when it comes up that third, fourth, fifth year, how it's doing. So when they're about 10 inches in diameter, definitely that's the time you, to split it. You can definitely split it then. That would be an okay time. Absolutely. Some people uh, want it to fill in that much and be that full. And then some people say, oh, I'm going to move some over here and I have a spot that I'd like to renovate over here. Is it one of these things where if we don't split it, it will like slowly start to kill itself off? No. Or no, they just don't just, know how to do that? It'll just get bigger, stronger and, okay. and more. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. They do really well. And they make great gifts. They, they do. So if you want to split your hostas and give them to family members, it's like, it is. congratulations, you now have a piece of my house. Exactly. And it was so much fun. I think every single person in your family has... Well, it was rhubarb for us. We've right, we're, but, we're more known for for rhubarb, but your uncle Dave is more known for the <laughs> the hosta. Exactly. Um, he's got a, a two acre acre parcel over by Red Mountain, and it's kind of you know woodsy. So the driveway coming in was terraced off, and a lawn was a little bit lower than the driveway. So along the retaining wall on the top, he had a soldier course of hostas. And it was just perfectly grown. He didn't do anything for it. It just, you know, how you plant them and how they type start to grow and whatnot. But the larger ones started at the end of the driveway and they progressed smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller as you got toward the house. It was just, Great. it, it sounds, just filled in neatly like sounds that. Sounds very nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the house is known as the friendship plant. <laughs> yep. Aww. It's one of the cool things about that too. <laughs> so you had mentioned that you have other flowers yet too. Um, so yeah, we we do a lot of different corabel, a stillbe, hibiscus, daylilies, um, bleeding hearts, iris. What about some bee balm? You know, that's interesting. That um, our it's our family. Uh, business. So mm-hmm. my daughter-in-law just said, I think we should get some bee balm. 
<laughs> that was like two days ago. <laughs> so we're always looking uh, to expand or if somebody, you know, has something that they're looking for a request, we always consider that as well. Do so. you carry like the raspberry, blueberry bushes or not really not. quite not. there yet? You just stick with the, the no, hostas. We have uh, mainly hostas for, and uh, we have, like I said, the daylilies. Um, we have irises now we've expanded into our grasses, peonies, ferns. Um, what else we have? Some impatience. Well, we have our annuals now that we just started by popular demand. Everybody was looking for hanging baskets mm-hmm. and some annual flowers. Um, so we are doing that this year. That's our first expansion um, of doing annuals. And so we're enjoying that. I always like to sprinkle annuals in my hosta garden. Um, impatience are great for shade and uh, filling in and giving some color as well. Can I put a hosta in a container? Can I do container gardens with hostas? We do have people that do them. Um, You have to bring your pots into the garage in the winter. Hostas do need to winter over in order to come back. So they have to go through that hibernation period. Um, At least six weeks of hibernation. Okay. Um, So you want to make sure that if you're using um, container pots that you bring them in. Um, That's the most important thing. Now with the ceramic ones that they, they have out there. Is it known, are the houses known for breaking those? Because obviously they grow, they get bigger, or once they're in a confined space, they're only going to fill into that confined, get that confined space. Correct. Is that kind you, of all? You want to you know, upgrade that as that plant matures okay. and grows. So you want to make sure that it has enough room to spread its roots out and keep growing for you. Okay. Yeah. Or you cut it down and give it to friends. There you go. <laughs> or just get more pots. Well, exactly. A lot more. <laughs> See, and, and you keep mentioning that uh, being a collector of hostas, and I think that's kind of one of the things that you can break it apart and it just keeps expanding and growing and you can just keep running with it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so in general, um, is there advice you can give to homeowners who want to have these perennials and uh, as far as caring for them, um, like fertilizing and or cutting back and springtime, winter, all that jazz. Definitely. Um, you know, new homeowners, sometimes you, you purchase a home in the winter and you have no idea what you have yet. So it's always kind of another wonderful surprise to find out what you have in your yard. Um, as far as, you know, for the winter, um, you know, cutting them back, some people like to, uh, cut back their hostas, um, but you can also let them just stay natural and let the leaves die off. Um, We've done both. Uh, I have in the last few years left mine to just uh, let them die off and keep those dead leaves on until this threat of frost in the spring is gone. And that helps mm-hmm. protect the little pips that are coming up in the spring so that they don't get frostbite. Um, and as far as uh, different plants, everything is a little different. Um, hibiscus, you know, you cut those back in the springtime. Those bloom more toward the fall. So every plant's just a little bit different and depending on, you know, what you have in your yard. Um, trying to think of what else. So like regular fertilizer, most people are familiar with 10, 10, 10. Yeah. Just, just normal fertilizer. I mean, we don't have to go out and find like yeah, something special. You don't special. really need to, you don't really need to feed them like vegetables and fruit, you know, or like if you want to, you know, do a garden. The miracle grow stuff. Yeah, we do a malorganite that we put on you know, in the beginning of the season, but they grow very well, um, on their own. They're very hardy. Um, and so are daylilies. Are there any diseases like bugs or something like that, that's going to attack and eat these besides the deer and rabbits? The, you know, honestly, the hostas are very resilient to a lot of things. You're going to find, if anything, you're going to come across slugs and slugs are not really from your plant. They're from the ground and the mulch that you put around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of times if you have a lot of extra moisture built up and they have the slugs have somewhere to, to live, they love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be, you know, something that they'll enjoy eating. So do you have to have mulch around the, the hostas or any of the perennials? Or is it just more or less something to make it help make it look more pretty? Actually, the mulch is 
to make it look more pretty. It's aesthetic. And um, maybe um, somebody, you know, just wants to add some color to their, they, you know, do a it, it The mulch mold. also does hold moisture. Okay. Yes. Which is helpful with a plant that wants if you to don't, be fairly moist. But the moisture, again, brings the slug. <laughs> okay. So if you're not, if you don't have a, a sprinkler system in your yard or you're not really good at watering, that's, you know, one of the, one of the things that might help you, you know, keep it moist. But um, otherwise, that's one thing that would like to eat your hostas. <laughs> so you can always, um, you know, there's some things for slugs out there too. Mm-hmm. So I know we have uh, landscaping stone. We have stone all around our house. Mm-hmm. So we we're, you know, considering maybe taking out some of the plants that are there and putting in, you know, hostas or something more hardy. Mm, definitely. So. They'll fill in nice for you there. Mm-hmm. And like you said, low maintenance. So if you're working a lot and you're not home a lot, those are, um, hold up very well for you. Well, those and it's very one hardy. of those, those plants where you can put close to the house because everyone worries about foundation issues. So if I put a bush, is the bush going to push in the concrete? Is it going to go in? You know, is it going to do damage to my foundation? So having those hostas, it's a low root and it's not going to be something that's going to be aggressive towards those foundations. So that's why I really like those around the house because then you can have something pretty next to the house. The lawnmower doesn't have to go up against the house and scratch the house. You get that nice little row of pretty around the home. Definitely. Yeah. They're, they're not going to hurt anything around that area and they um, come in all sizes. So if you want something that looks like a shrub or is bigger, but not those, you know, the heavy roots, then you could do one of the giant hostas that uh, we provide. We carry um, humpback whale and T-Rex and woo-la-la. And these are all nice, big, hardy um, plants that get three, four feet tall. Did you hear that, Ben? We can put T-Rex in our yard. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm enjoying the names. Um, half of them They're are fun. food and half of them are just random exotic things. That look, it kind of feels like a four-year-old letting name them. <laughs> well, yeah, it's addicting <laughs> when you collect for names. <laughs> That's kind of one of the things that I enjoy Is there too. one out there that you have not, not received yet or found that is like a 100%, I really, if I ever run across it, I'm going to get it? Uh, no, we, we do have... We do have a lot of other hosta friends that we, you know, will communicate with. Um, and so if anybody's looking for something, it's always nearby. It's nearby. It's there. It's just the price you want to pay. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I mean, I can just imagine on the wall, you know, here are the 7,000 plus yes. varieties. And you got a little check mark. A little check mark yeah. by it of, you know, we've got this, this and this. Yeah. Yes, That's what I'm that. anticipating. Yes. <laughs> well, when we started our hosta collecting, um, we found that there's um, streakers and those are specialty hostas and they, they are a little more harder to come by. They're unique hosta. There's no one the same. Um, So we um, ourselves come across a, we have, um, it's called um, sugar snap and it's a beautiful hosta that um, grows with nice cup corrugated blue green look to it. And, um, we had a sport and it's a little seed that grew from that, uh, cross pollinated, open pollinated. And we let it go for about seven years and it has this beautiful rim on it. So it kind of looks like a sugar bowl or something unique. So that is our first hosta that we actually, um, have, um, registered. And so kind of put us on the on, on the, the map. map. Excellent. Um, and we named it Aw Snap. Aww. So um, it went to tissue culture. Okay. And everything came out really well. And so we are growing them right now and they will be available on the market next year. Okay. So um, that's something that we are proud of that uh, we enjoy. Uh, my husband does hybridizing and we do our cross-pollinating. And I was going to say, are, are we creating stuff we in the create, backyard? And We do. We uh, we cross-pollinate um, and then we mark them down. We have our little book and we tie them off and we write when, uh, you know, when the seeds are ready and we'll cut them off and, and then we grow them all winter long. Okay. And um, you have to grow hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little seedlings to find 
the special needle in the haystack. Okay. Um, and so those are, it, it's very time consuming, but it's a hobby. You know, I mean, it's something right. that you really have a passion for. And, um, and once those are grown out, uh, like I said, there's no one the same. They're all unique. Um, but that's pretty much how we got started with hostas. And now it's just gone into above and beyond. <laughs> we do a lot of garden tours um, okay. and school tr field trips. And then we'll talk about the hostas and how to plant them and, and how to... How many acres do you have designated for this? Well, I would see. We probably have five acres that we have right now. We are adding beds every year, <laughs> uh, and quite quite a few. Uh, now, are they also? Are you including those five acres your children's homes yet too? So that way you can use their acreage. I mean, once you get done with all of yours, that way you have like another <laughs> home to use. We have we have thirteen acres, so we have okay. plenty of room. We have room. Um, and so I'm hoping that, <laughs> so mom can only weed so much <laughs> right. and so, I do weed it. <laughs> we're, we're not using mom's home. We're not using the kids' homes or anything like we're that. We're all it's, there together. Okay. So we're all in, uh, we all live there Okay, and, um, we have a huge home and everyone mm -hmm. has their own living space. And so our family works together. The entire family, uh, comes together and we start the planting in February and we work all the way through till opening day, and then we continue, and uh, then we start weeding the garden beds. And so we have plenty to keep us busy and out of trouble. <laughs> do you do like any kind of unique nights at the hosta shop? So I'm thinking like a wine and cheese, you know, with the twinkle lights in the trees. I'm thinking that they're probably still there because I remember back Way back when yes. you were talking about how you're going home and you needed to wrap your trees with all those Christmas lights <laughs> for a wedding. Yes. Did you leave all those Christmas lights in the trees to have like a really nice, neat under the stars at the Hasta shop, a wine and cheese night? Um, we had, uh, a, we did a lot of um, events. We did paint parties. Um, we have people that will book the space and come in and they'll bring their own food okay. and their own um, drinks along and they have um, a paint party or we'll do cast hosta leaves where people can come and pick out the hosta leaf that they want and paint that and put it in their garden. So we've done things like that. Um, we've held a few wedding receptions as you brought up, but that was <laughs> mainly family. But I was going to say there was have, family. So. Yeah, we do have, you know, some um, that have have reserved our little area for just the reception because okay. it's, it's not large, you know, for a big, you know, wedding or anything, but just very nice for um, a ceremony. Um, but yes, it, it is a nice area to come and enjoy. We'll probably look at expanding into that after all this <laughs> that we've all gone the through. Down, uh, yes, yes. Okay. You know, it's been a little hectic that way. Because you know? I remember, you know, you I haven't been out there in a while, but I remember you describing how <laughs> you know, you're going to be having this wedding reception <laughs> yes. and just all the, the stuff that you went to, to to do it. I mean, you're an excellent... Is it party planning? Would that be the appropriate <laughs> sure, name? Sure, yes. sure. Because I cannot remember what the official title was back in the day, but I'm pretty Coordinator, sure. Coordinator, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but be able to, I mean, you have that skill set to be able to Absolutely. expand into that, which mm -hmm. you guys have a beautiful facility to yes. do it in. Yes, we we are working on that. We need a few more uh, hands. <laughs> We need a few more helping hands. Well, the grandchildren should be a little bit growing. older and, you know, during the They're summertime. Yeah, the oldest is 10, so. Okay. <laughs> and the youngest is um, due to arrive in November. So oh, we have another one on the way. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So it keeps us all busy and mm -hmm. we enjoy it. Well, it's nice to just to have that family connection of everyone working together. Definitely. Of, you know, this is a family business. What you guys are doing, if also affects what your kids are doing too. So having that family to be able to do something like that and do it all together, it's not, it's very uncommon, but it's very common amongst a lot of farmers. That's so true. Yeah. it is really great to see that. Yeah. We enjoy it. Um, it's something that everybody gets to partake in and mm -hmm. 
it's uh, I think it helps, you know, build everybody's uh, character and, and make them, you know, feel like they had a part in it. Yes. Yeah. So is there a particular varietal variety that, that is your favorite, like all time favorite? It's funny because, you know, I'll have a customer and we'll walk around and I'll be like, this is really, I just love this one. It's like one of my favorites. <laughs> and I find that I'm like, I have a lot of favorites. It's really hard. It's, it's like trying really to pick that, that favorite kid that you really like. It's hard to do. Yeah. Because they're all, you know, they they're all so, favorite in oh, different I ways. I love this one. And and then you go, and then you go a few more feet down and you're like, oh, this one's really cool too, though. Um but I do have, you know, a couple. Guardian Angel is a beautiful hostage. They're all beautiful. Um, but they're just unique, you know, with their color splashes and uh, Sugar Daddy. And like I said, there's some really neat names out there, too, that you just like them because they're because the name is cool. Um, we have a Praying Hands that, you know, stands vase-like and has really twisted, spirally, uh, strong um, leaves. Uh I, there's so many. There's just so many. So yeah, I do have a lot of favorite. Unfortunately, I can't single one out. Okay, top five then. <laughs> top five. Well, I would have to say uh, the Guardian Angel, uh, Sugar Daddy. Uh, I'm I'm really hoping that Oh Snap gets on on the well, list. Well, Oh Snap is you know is definitely on there. I mean, it should be number it's, one. It it is in in my in my book. It is number one. <laughs> I just don't have it for anybody to purchase right now, but, um, oh my, there's Island Breeze. Um, we have some that have red stems. So, you know, we go into the red stem hostel. A lot of, um, creators are always looking for something unique and trying to get that red stem to go up into the leaf, to get the leaf color to change. So, you know, there's a few different varieties of, of those too, that we have. Um, if you're, you know, starting to get a little picky on what you're looking for, you know, something unique that way. Is there, is there a style that, um, sells the most, you know, like, uh, people to just kind of gravitate toward? It changes every year. Okay. Um, it does, it does change, you know, we'll have people come in and say, I'm looking for a blue hosta. Um, I'm looking for a giant hosta. Um, and each year we don't know which one is going to be that, you know, it'll sell out and we're like, it just happens. You know, you mm -hmm. just don't know. It changes every year. I think one of, one of the problems that we've dealt with are a lot of the pictures that appear on the internet. Um, Kelly just mentioned the blue hosta. Uh, it's not really a blue, blue hosta. It's a, it's a frosty kind of greenish color. It's totally different from a green, green. Mm -hmm. And it's called a blue. Uh, but on the internet, there are pictures of these hostas the that are blue, blue. Like so, a neon blue. Yeah. So <laughs> people come and want to see that blue hosta, and there is no such thing. The other day I had a lady come, and she wanted to see the red hosta. And on the internet, it does look red. But in real. But it's not yeah, red. With all the filters out there that it's. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. So sometimes they're thrown off on what they're seeing. Wow. But e even even just to go and see so many types and styles of, of plants, I mean, they're called blue and, and they're significantly blue, just oh, not, absolutely. not quite yes. that oversaturated. But right. Yeah, they're, right. they're definitely distinct, just not as vibrant as, you know, they're made out to be. Correct. It's just a... a it's just amazing it is. how one type of plant can have so many different, you know, over 7,000 different I have types. a lot of people who say, I hate hostas and, and they've never seen, you know, anything other than the variegated ones around a barn of an older or an older home where it's very traditional uh, native. And then uh, they'll come and say, I never realized there were this many varieties and colors and shapes and sizes of hostas and we so, actually have people fall in love with them. And how many hours should I plan on to come visit your, your, your place? I mean, is this like a, I can be there for like a half an hour and take it all in? Or is this like, I'm going to spend six hours at Kelly's house and just kind of hang out with Kelly and her family. 
and look at houses all day long. Well, we have people that do both. We have people who literally pull in the driveway and say, I'm on my way to work and I need some hostels and I have to come <laughs> now. Um, and then we have people who come and spend the, you know, hours just walking around and looking at the gardens and do you shopping offer like and- lunch and, you know, drinks and stuff like that? I mean, are we going to branch off into that? Because if I'm spending four can, hours at a place, you can bring a lunch. Um, <laughs> okay. I can't provide food, um, but I'm always, you know, letting anybody can come and bring a lunch and, and we have the reading club come and they'll sit and we'll set up chairs for them and they can, you know, sit out in the gardens and, and uh, do their book club. Um, so we got to get y'all connected with the taco trucks. Right. You know, the, the, there the you go. That's what I'm thinking. Over. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we have, uh, we have tours come and uh, when they come, we'll provide, you know, cookies and and water complimentary. So um, we have a lot of buses that come from all over the state and actually out of state. Um, So if anybody is interested in doing something like that, they all come and they load up their Greyhound undercarriage and they're happy as can be. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Does it take you back to, you know, 10 years ago where the buses would just come to the hotel and you would just kind of like get on the bus and do a welcome speech. Yeah. I'm thinking like the steel guitar I, show, right. you know, you just jump on the bus and you do a welcome and yes. you know, this is what you're looking for, you know, go past the sliding glass doors and you know, here, this is where everything is at. And then everybody gets off and go shopping. And now I get on and say, welcome to the Hasa stop. And right? we have hostels here and here, <laughs> here. and here. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. And it's, it's really fun because when you have hosta enthusiasts that are excited about them as you are and uh, have that passion too, it's, it's fun to share it. Are there uh, certain groups that come every year that you look forward to? I have customers that have been coming since um, I was just a little tiny, uh, just a hosta seller, you know, and started off really small. Um, and we've grown every year and they come back every year and enjoy. Yeah. Excellent. It's it's fun. It's something that we we uh, share. We go to Hasta conventions, and um, the world is small because we have people from Ireland that were at the Hasta convention, and they came to our place. Oh, how and, fun! Uh, yeah, so it's really neat. It's a, it's a small world, and then you get on your Facebook, and then you find you know people across the world who collect them. So. It sounds like it, you know, it's just a hosta, but it really is a whole nother world. <laughs> Very good. We're going to have to get some and I'm thinking them the, in our house. the T-Rex is going to have to come here. Sure. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm just thinking the T-Rex <laughs> is going to have to come here just so that way we can give an update on the T-Rex. <laughs> it's, it's going to be our new mascot. Right. And then just have like a big sign with an, an arrow that says, this is the T-Rex. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and, and the reason why we asked about the B-Bomb was at our previous house, uh, Carrie, you had had gotten a, a bush, and I think it came with the bee bomb. So I'd gotten a um, current bush. Mm-hmm. So oh, I, okay. the garden club was doing a plant sale, and so got a current bush. And I'm like, well, let's do a row of current bushes in the front yard, and that way we can watch the birds from the big picture window. Well, what I didn't realize is that someone just went in their backyard and just dug up this current bush. And anytime that you go to a plant sale, this is something that you always, you know, have to be wary of. You may buy one and you get three others that you don't know about. <laughs> so this bee bomb pretty much was took over and killed off oh, no. the current bush. I mean, it, so it was that, in that it pot. was in it was in that pot. <laughs> oh, no. But the thing finally grew to over four feet wide. I mean, I could not put my arms around it. Oh, my goodness. And it was just huge. It was originally planted about three feet into the property. And it was like a foot over the property line by the time we sold it. Ben would have to go out there and like shape it into something. It, it was the reason why I got hedge trimmers. Right. <laughs> just just because of this one bush. Right. I mean, it was like waist was high. Huge. I mean, it was like this huge. Uh, oh I wanted to get like a mannequin, like the top part of a mannequin and put it in there because it looked like a Cinderella <laughs> dress. By the time that he he like shaped it and everything, it looked like a little Cinderella dress. And I'm like, I really want to get a mannequin and put the mannequin in the in the center of it. Yeah, that would be <laughs> just so cute. that way it looks because it was kind of weird because it was the only thing out there in the yard. 
nothing else would be able to grow in it. We had a bush that had died and just that was the only spot that we could grow anything. And it's just this huge bee bomb. That's too funny. It was beautiful though. I mean, it was, it flowered every single year. It got bigger every single year and it was fabulous. Nice. So now we move into our new place here in October and we get all excited because there's little bee bomb bushes all over. We're like, Ooh, we need to like cluster them together so they become bigger and stronger. Yeah. So we're, so, we're, we're so trying to get we, our little bee bombs could, together. Maybe you could create a little <laughs> couple dancing out there. There you, there you go. Dancing with your dress. He told me I could not get any mannequins. He said that no. there, there's a the, line in the sand and there's apparently no mannequins. The bee bomb ballerinas. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so, and, and since my family's always, you know, had hostas around and that was kind of a thing once someone in the family bought a new house, you would be gifted a hosta. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, and then it turned into us gifting rhubarb because, you Very know, nice. you, you just can't kill the rhubarb. No. So no. we, we're gonna have to, yeah, we're gonna have to have a new mascot, right? Plant. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the T Rex. I have no idea what it looks like, but well, you can come and look, and I'll okay. show you, and I'll show you some other ones too that you might get hooked on. <laughs> well, some? I have a bigger truck now, so I mean, we can just load up the bed okay. of the truck. Let's do so it. So I got a six foot box. <laughs> Let's just load it all up. I could help you with that. All right. Sounds good. So you're on Highway 54, almost to Plover there once we get into the, the speed zone reduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big flags out by the highway. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. Thanks for coming and having Thank a chat Thank you again us. for having us. Yeah, not a problem. It has been fun. So that was so much fun talking about hostas. It's hard to believe that there's that many. I mean, over 7,000 different varieties of hostas. I mean, I always thought there was like two, maybe three at ten, most. 10, maybe 20. Maybe, okay. maybe. but yeah, 7,000 was... Was up. not the number I was looking for. Nope. Nope. Not me either. Now we do have at our new place, we have about an acre of property. You know, some of the square footage is taken up by the house and the shed and the trees. <clears throat> so if you wanted to start, I mean, we could maybe get about 5,000 plants on property. Okay. So you mentioned the shed. So in hour two, I'm going to come back to the shed. So I have a plan. Oh. You're going to like it. Okay. I'll... So remind me to come back to the shed. We'll write that down. Okay. Shed. But right. yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of different varieties. I really think getting, I do want to go so that way in the front of the house to get something to replace those three bushes or those are four bushes that you're going to cut out and do some nice hosta plants in there. So again, during the winter time, they can die down and we can see parts of, of, of the house. We can actually see the house because those bushes, I like them gone so that way no one's hiding in the bushes. Yes, that, that is a safety concern. It is a safety concern. And if our previous guest, Chief Peterson, was here from Grand Rapids, he mm -hmm. would agree with you that, you know, taking away those opportunistic hiding spots, hiding spots is, is definitely a safety thing. Right. And if we can replace them with dinosaurs, because apparently we can get a T-Rex. A and angel wings or angel ears. I, I'm sure there's ones of each. Right. This is so much fun. It is. I, I'm fully expecting us to go over there and spend like four or five hours just meandering through We are going to have to bring the... snacks because Kelly did oh, say yeah, that yeah. we can bring snacks in our own beverages. And so we can just have a picnic at Kelly's house. At the Hosta Stop. Yes. Fantastic. I, I know one of the things, now we are end, uh, getting close to the end of the hour, but I know one of the things that we talk about when people are listing their house is that the um, there's things with the property that have to stay with the property and right because you're selling everything associated with the house and closely associated. So you're selling the door knocker plate that has the Nikolai established date plate that's screwed into the door. So you're selling that and the oh, trees and also you're selling the trees. So everything that's in the ground. So again, we always mm -hmm. like to have that conversation of, do you have your grandmother's plants in the yard? Do you have that first Mother's Day or Father's Day plant that the kids gave to you that has been there for the last 20 some years 
or 40. Do, are you planning on taking that with? Because again, we want to make sure that those get written out of the contract or that the new buyers know that you're coming back for them. So for selling it in the wintertime, they know that you're coming back. And again, having that communication throughout the wintertime and into the spring of remembering coming for my plants. I'm, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back for them. They need to stay in the ground so that they survive. Right. But I'll be back. But having those conversations is really key. So that way, if you do have a large, elaborate flower bed and you do want to take parts of it, that way buyers walking in can know that versus they buy the house and on their three-day three, three day final walkthrough, they pull up to the house and all of the bushes are gone or all of the flowers are gone and they didn't realize that. So having that open communication is super key. Because sometimes that's, something that's appealing to the house. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about staging the house quite a bit and the exterior can also be staged to make the house you know, have more curb appeal and whatnot. Right. Um, I know it helped sell our house back in uh, September, October of last year. Correct. For sure. So, and, and especially like the one owner properties where that's how the, the place was. You know, it was built with this landscaping in mind. Well, even too, even, you know, that's that first homeowner, mm -hmm. we have now all of the sibling, all, all the children coming back and going, okay, well, I want to take some of grandma's plants. So it may, we may be talking with grandma and grandpa here, but we're also then going to be kind of planting those seeds of, do any of your children want some of these plants? Because we don't want to see new homeowner gets the home and all of a sudden, we've got Uncle Jim and Aunt Sue in the backyard digging up the yard because they were they wanted to take some plants, and they just didn't know that they needed to get permission, or even kind of indicate that they are going to be coming back to grab some of those plants. And I guess if all else fails, just head over to and see Kelly over at the house shop. You can stop and see Kelly. It sounds like she's got a lot of plants. Yeah, and it's it's really cool that. Even if you can take an old photograph, you can start to re-identify what the uh, the plants were, the, the hostas and the daylilies. And there's a whole bunch of daylilies and other perennials that, I mean, it, you, you think there's only the yellow ones, but there's also the tiger stripe and yada, yada, yada. It just keeps going. It does. Well, good. Well, we're going to have to branch out, <laughs> plant some <laughs> plant some seeds at some other garden centers and greenhouses and maybe get some more information along the way. Yeah, because it'd be great to add some color and some plants to the front part of the house. And again, the plants are so nice to have. They're low roots. It We don't have to really worry about like a tree hitting the foundation wall. Yeah, or, or even the, the evergreen and the, the low cast cedar bushes, kind of mm -hmm. like what we have in front of our 1960s ranch. I mean, th those are more aggressive with their roots for sure. Right. Okay, well, stick around and join us for hour two. We'll be right back. All right, sounds good. 